Welcome back, Cuzzies. It's May. We still haven't rode roller coasters, but we have big news out of Indiana Beach. And we come back with you, the whole crew, to talk about our top 10 anticipated roller coasters for 2020. I'm Coaster Bro. We've got Theme Park Stud here. What's up, everybody? How we doing? Welcome back. Back again for like his fourth straight appearance, we have Jeff. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me again. And for his second straight appearance, we have Matt. What's up, guys? And we're ready to talk coasters with you guys today. And we're going to start off with the big explosion that happened in the industry, and that is Indiana Beach. And we haven't talked about Indiana Beach on this show yet at all. We have not, Coaster Bro. There was big news just out of Indiana Middle of February, we're all at work, you know, checking our Twitter feeds, and all of a sudden we get a, a notification that Indiana Beach has been closed permanently. Announced permanent closure along with uh, Fantasy Island up by Niagara Falls, which, raise your hand if you care about Fantasy Island. There's like four, I think there's four people that have ever stood up for their for Fantasy Island closing and trying to get it uh, back reopened. But um, Indiana Beach, kind of a heartbreak. Um, you talk about like a classic beach boardwalk field just in the middle of the Midwest. But, um, you know, there was basically when it, when it closed permanently, there was a lot of rumors immediately that started saying that the rides would get sold off, um, you know, the flat rides as well as Steel Hog potentially being sold off and um, so we thought it was going to be closed permanently and then fun spot out of nowhere just posts on their Facebook page that they're flying to Indianapolis right now which can only mean one thing fun spots going to buy Indiana Beach and guess what happens they come out a few days later and say and we're not buying it like they've literally just you know it's a great park but it's, it's not going to fit our our series of parks. So thought it was closed forever. What about you guys? Do you think it was going to be closed forever? Like I definitely did. I mean, when we went there back in 2010, I mean, it just, it's a cool place. I love it, but it's, it's definitely not like the most polished like amusement park or theme park that you ever been to. Um, but it has that charm to it. But I just remember being there and I, I remember thinking at one point, that was before I really like, really worked in the industry too much I mean we were kind of all frontline employees at the time um but it just like I was like how do they make money here and everything but you know I think it's more more than that I'm sure we're going to get into the new owners and stuff and and we're kind of uh and he's going to kind of explain that a little bit why and I think he has the same feeling about it a spoiler yeah. alert but yeah yeah I think it's a, I think it's hard for I think it's hard especially in this modern day to think of like a such an such an establishment like that to like just die so i think there's a part of you that's like there's no way this is gonna there's no way somebody's just gonna let this happen somebody's gonna step in some either you know and and uh, i guess worst case scenario you have like a really like corporate predatory sort of company come in and do whatever they're gonna do to it but you know maybe there's a part of that that stays with it but yeah i think that's definitely didn't i definitely didn't think like oh this is gonna close forever think one way or another it's gonna survive even if like even if those part even if those rides get sold off or there's a part of indiana beach that will always be alive 
My my hopes were not high, uh, given the track record of my disappointment in losing Jug Lake, um, <laughs> combined with the current current events. Uh, I just didn't have a whole lot of hope that somebody was going to throw a bunch of money at something like that right now. Yeah, and I would say, like, Indiana and the county that it, Monticello's in was, like, they came out and literally said, we'll give, you know, $3 million to somebody if they'll come by this park and get it operating. So, because when you think about a theme park closing, like, for that little city, that's, like, all they have. Like, you talk about all their employment. Like, every teenager that comes out of that high school is going to go get a summer job at at uh, Indiana Beach. And then you think about all the local businesses that thrive from that amusement park, like restaurants, people eating breakfast there before they go to the park mm. or um, getting dinner on their way out. So it's like, it's a big deal for that little town to be losing it. And it's a local like sensation, like kind of the history. It's 90 some year old park. The old owners used to just allow people to roll up in their boats on the lake. Just, you know, put, put What's it called? You just, when you put a boat on, you put it in the cleats, you park your boat. Yeah, no. It's like a boat slip. Boat slip. Okay, so they boat slip in and they would just go like drink at the bar and just ride a few rides and then go back to their house. Like the boat was their car. So it's actually a big deal to like local Indiana people. Like I actually saw a woman comment on Facebook like, uh, you guys should open up so-and-so restaurant so I can walk to get breakfast instead of driving into town. Oh, that's, that's adorable. <laughs> like it's a, it's a locals park. And you think about like vacationers that come from Indiana or Chicago, um, Indianapolis, like it's, it's a good, it's a family getaway. So we thought it was lost, yeah. but then from the ashes comes some dude from Chicago named Gene Staples, just a Chicago businessman. He loved visiting Six Flags Great America and Kitty Land with his family, and he occasionally would vacation to Indiana Beach. And he said, you know what? I got a lot of money. I'll go ahead and buy this place. And that's literally how it happened. <laughs> just some businessman was like, I do not want to see this classic amusement park go. So um, it's pretty awesome. What a hero move, man! Just swooping in, dude. That's that's yeah, just a that's a dream situation right there. Yeah, especially for enthusiasts like ourselves to we don't want to see that thing go away. But um, there was a Facebook post, News and Review is the Facebook page, and they kind of got exclusive interviews with this Gene Staples guy, and I think it's just a local like newspaper in the area. And they just like literally posted on Facebook, but they interviewed the guy and he has a lot of interesting points in that interview of like what he wants to do to make sure the park's successful and like the investments that he wants to make in it. Did you guys, anybody get a chance to like go through that at all? Yeah, I think I, I you know, I skimmed it. It's quite a, it's quite a lengthy post, but I think uh, <laughs> there's a lot of good points he makes. Yeah, for sure. So some of the main highlights that he talks about is literally like just painting the place. Because I don't know, you guys, we all visited in 2012 together? Is that 2010. 2010. And like you walk through the, 
the park and it kind of has a rundown kind of carny feel to it. Like there's some good stuff happening. Like you got fascination, you got Cornball Express, you have like rides going out over the lake. But like I remember looking at like Lost Coaster at Superstition Mountain and like half of the letters of like safety signs being gone and like just kind of a rundown feel to it. And that's kind of the complaint from the locals is um, the people that owned it before Apex, I do not remember their name, but that's when, that's when we all visited. Um, I went back the first year that Apex bought it and like there was not a lot of attention to detail. Like uh, Gene talks about like holes in the roof when he, when he buys the place and that like they were patching the roof, but really the roof needed to be replaced at these like shops and like just the park really cut corners. And even when Apex was running it, there was like maintenance complaints <laughs> filed. Like, you guys remember when we rode Superstition Mountain? Yeah, oh, yeah. We, <laughs> we like slid through the, the break, right? breaks and then we got like it shut down and we got back <laughs> off of it. And it was like, the weirdest ride, one of the weirdest rides I've ever been on because of the that. Brakes, it, the brakes very much grabbed us and then like couldn't hold us. And then we rolled through to the next break, but it was like, it was kind of scary. Like I remember that feeling, but kind of his main plans are to finish retracking Hoosier Hurricane, which is good because Hoosier Hurricane is a rough piece of garbage. Like it's pretty but it's obvious it just hasn't been taken care of lately. So he is hoping to open this in July. Whew. That's awesome. I don't, I don't know how ambitious, but I know, love that. He's, I'm okay with it. Like just the well, fact first that it's going to open. First off, that's when all the theme parks are open anyways, because it yeah. so. it's like it didn't close. <laughs> But, that's, a, that's a really positive energy. I like that for sure. Yeah, but what he did say in the interview was just that um, if, if they aren't able to reopen in July due to like coronavirus and stuff, they're going to go ahead and pump to 2021, which would also be good. But, um, you know, one of his things he said, he, he said my favorite word in his interview, that he loves the classic Americana theme park, which I love the word Americana. It's so freaking American. Yeah. It's literally American with an Ana at the end, which is, I don't know. I don't know that there's a better word out there, but. Um, yeah, it harkens back to that, like, that, that, like, penultimate moment of, like, American culture, you know, like yeah. the mid 19th, you know, mid 20th century, where it's like, or even the turn of the 20th, like, the turn of the 19th century. It's just, there's a lot of, like, it's just a lot of culture, a lot of American. And maybe it just, I think it just rings true to everybody. You know, people so really coaster bro. I think on Fourth July, I want you running around outside with with a sparkler, just yelling Americana, 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 Americana. Coca-Cola in my hand. I'll just be yelling Coca-Cola. Americana. You have a burger like in one hand. And... <laughs> no, but one thing I, I really vibe with this guy is that he has the right idea of like he's gonna like this first year of reopening is mostly gonna be like non-return on investment kind of things like paint retracking things um he also mentioned like he straight up said it has a carny feel because when you look at some of their recent additions it's like a a larson loop ring of fire attraction that is obvious a it's obviously a traveling one that's just plopped in the middle of the midway and you've got like all these rides that 
like these flat rides that don't look permanent. So I'm hoping that he gets rid of some of those rides and they work on good investments, but um, I don't know. I, ho- I hope he, I hope he's able to run a successful park um, because his heart is in the right place for sure. And I guess we'll see how it goes. Honestly, I just kind of backtracking a little bit. I'd like to see for all the changes he, he's wanting to make, um, I think to appropriately segue, I honestly would like to see them just sit this season out one way or another and get it, get it all right. Ooh, <laughs> I disagree with that. I think yeah. they need to not skip the beat. I think, uh, I think people will be, especially the locals, kind of like what Coastal Pro was saying earlier, the ones that drive the boat up, you know, they're, they're going to want as they're going to want it open and, and they're going to know it's going to be a work in progress and they'll, it's going to be, but I mean, yeah. there's a way to just make it right that way. And they're going to need yeah. to come in um, just as much as it is, even though a lot of their projects going to be, um, you know, non-return projects. So. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's the great thing about the, like the private ownership aspect. Like, I think there's, I, I, I'm, I don't know Gene personally, but I would imagine that the, he, he's probably been uh, active in the community and he's at least, you know, when he bought the park, he knows, he knows the implications. It's, he knows the, the, the culture. And I think that's the beauty of having that private ownership where it's like, it's not a corporation that's coming in there. It's, it's this really, it's, I mean, you could call it philanthropy, really what it is. Um, he comes in and he, he wants to save um, the historical aspects, but he also wants to enhance that, the future of that park. And I think that I, I don't live in that community, but I would imagine they're pretty receptive of that. So I think there's a lot of beauty between, behind that. It's just a guy. This guy with the with he had the means to do it and I think all of us would have done it if we didn't have if we had the means to do it. And he was just doing what we wanted to do. So I think it's I think it's beautiful. I'm with you, man. So let's uh let's talk about let's pretend like we're Gene. And we had to make a five year plan for making this part more successful and kind of beautifying it. What are some of the things you guys would do to uh, make this part successful. Um, I got. I have a few points. Um, in addition to his uh, intended beautification, um, I think kind of a, a lot of what makes uh, a good Midwestern park, in my opinion, um, incorporate a lot of quality entertainment good food you know i mean i'm i don't really remember if we ate there or if we did oh they had dope tacos That's I, what we had. it was pretty forgettable for me so i'd like to see them Damn. easy man that's that's like throwing a dagger in the teeth of Marcelo there i i mean forgettable I mean, tacos well like, like saying the dole whip at magic kingdom is like yeah okay. you better shut your mouth when it comes to dole whip <laughs> i don't like dole whip but like <laughs> I mean, yeah. if, it was, if it was bad, I would remember it. That would be something. It was just, it was middle of the road. I'd, I'd like to see them work on something that is a draw for the park, yeah. food-wise. Um, one or multiple things, that'd be great. Uh, keep, you know, just make sure to keep the families in mind when adding rides. Um, I would say for such a compact park, there are a lot of roller coasters. So I think getting more things in there that can incorporate the whole family would be mm-hmm. a good move um and honestly you know we had our last show on kennywood 
um, I think if I was Dean, I'd be looking to kind of research the the changes they've made over the years because I'd say they've been pretty successful in blending the classic and the modern. All right, I feel that. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think of the same. I think for me, it would be uh, just kind of embracing that kind of lake culture. Um, I think there's there's a lot of potential there. And I think we were there. There were some like there were some lake shows, weren't there? They were doing some stuff. Oh yeah, we watched like it's like a skiing show yeah. where like there was a guy that was on fire that like jumped into the lake. Yeah. So <laughs> like that. kind of playing into that, I think there's a there's a lot of uh, it's not just the rides and it's not just the the flat rides or it's not even like the food. It's like it's all of it all to put together. So kind of like incorporating that lake culture, which is like. You know, I drive up on my boat and I, I'm here with my family and doing stuff like events like that, I think would be, would really be great. Cause like people, you know, they can just bring their boat up and they just hang out in the lake and get off and, you know, have the food, have the rides, you know, play the games. Definitely fascination for how, how awful I was at it. It was, it's still like, <laughs> there's a nostalgia there. But it's like, it's a, it's a great game and it's a, um, I still hold a grudge against it, but bro, you, you know, didn't win a single <laughs> fucking game. Not a single one. I don't know how many we played. There, they, they had to have been like thirty or forty I games. Twenty dollars on that game. It was just you probably did too. It was, and I didn't win a single thing. But you know, at the end of it, and I think it'd be interesting to, because we have a picture from that day at the place, and I think that our sentiments are, our our mentalities are all over the place. Where I think we all could agree that that park was was a great way to end a trip and a great way to, to, to come home. And it's a good note to end on because it's just got, it's definitely got that, like that boardwalk sense, like that boardwalk feel. And I think like just really capitalizing on that would be, this is really where they need to go. Yeah. I would say for me, I think year one, definitely like kind of what he's doing, really look at the infrastructure of the park, see, what areas need to be fixed up more than others, kind of take that year as, you know, really kind of polishing off the dust, uh, gonna look better and fixing areas of that, you know, that obviously are gonna, you know, cause issues in the long run. I think additionally to that, um, I think they should also do some kind of guest, um, guest kind of engagement survey and maybe some open houses to kind of, you know, kind of see what they want in the future of, of, of uh, Indiana Beach. and kind of go that route to kind of see what truly that, you know, they're not only they're the residents and they're the close by, you know, people that are going to come visit on a daily basis, especially their season pass holders, but, you know, just, you know, whoever visits the park that year, just kind of see what they were like more from that. Um, and then from there, you know, kind of take that study and kind of see what kind of um, rides and, you know, food establishments, um, I'd say for sure, like, yeah, there was a few of those lake shows that we discussed, but I would like to see a little more maybe family entertainment, um, walking around and maybe some some shows that might have some history of Indiana in it, especially because, you know, they talk about corn and all this kind of stuff, and there's a deep history of that park. I think it'd be um, awesome to kind of maybe bring in some of that history of Indiana into that park um, and do some shows around it. Um, and then uh, I'll just say, you know, obviously whatever rides come from it, there's not a lot of spots, but and get really creative and, you know, focus on family, uh, you know, see, see what rides you could salvage, see which ones you can make better and, and go from there. And then put a bunch of fascination like games everywhere. So. 
Stop dodging the fascination parlor. <laughs> All over the place. Yeah. You're, fascination Beach is going to be the new name of it. Fascination Beach. Oh <laughs> <laughs> go back just for some redemption. <laughs> you know what we didn't have that we should have was their specialty corn that there because that looks fantastic. It looks they have they had corn there. I didn't. Yeah, it's like it's like grilled corn with like a bunch of seasonings on it. You get different types of seasoning on it. It looks. Okay. That sounds awesome. What? It's the most yeah. Indiana theme park snack I've ever heard. That's great, dude. Yeah, I'll put a picture of it as my background. Oh my god, <laughs> make me hungry, bro. So some of the improvements I'd like to see at the park for my five-year plan is I would do what he's doing for year one and literally just finish retracking Hoosier Hurricane gets a piece of garbage. And <laughs> it's pretty, but it's like it's like you can't tear it down because it's so pretty, but it rides so bad. Mm. So it's, it's such a weird thing, but paint things up. And I think like year two and three, I would work on selling off some of your just awful eyesore attractions and put in new like – pretty flat rides that appeal to the family and then i'd also kind of focus on like kind of making it more of a party atmosphere and maybe getting some events and like bands in there to play to just liven up the boardwalk um i went back and visited i think it was either 2016 i think it was 2016 like late august but like there was no lake show going on like when apex bought it like it looks like there's a lot of like cuts to like that boardwalk kind of fun what made indiana beach indiana beach um so i think just focusing in on that stuff and just to like really double down on the boardwalk feel like when you think about frankenstein's castle and i think it's the den of lost thieves is their dark ride yeah like fix those up and amp them up and just really get like celebrate your dark rides that you do have and make them better so I don't know that I'd add a coaster. If anything, maybe like a a wild mouse or a spinning wild mouse where the, the old galaxy was inside of those water slides. But I don't think they need a coaster. I'm seeing Hoosier Hurricane would be kind of badass, but I don't really think it's needed um, as far as their coaster lineup. As long as they take care of their woodies, I think it's actually fine because there's like no expansion room here. Yeah, they're working on a really small fo- footprint. Yeah, which I think they—I was gonna think—I was gonna say like verticality, which is like a wild mouse would be really good because you have a ride that is sort of like Steel Hog, where it's like a—it's—it's it's got a smaller footprint, but it's good. You know, it's a—it's a really great ride. But yeah, I like that idea of the wild mouse. I think that'd be a be an interesting add to it. I just don't know if there's any coaster additions you can really do without taking out a big part of your park. So. All right. Do you guys have any other thoughts on Indiana Beach? No, I'm good. You touched on like you touched on like some like were you were you talking about like flat rides that you just unattractive flat rides? Yeah, like my mind goes to um, like they added a Larson Loop and okay. They actually got rid of. They actually sold off two of their flats, which was like their carousel, which usually you're like, oh, they took out the carousel, but this mm-hmm. is like a very bad carousel that they sold okay not even chance morgan like quality like the old world's a fun one that they had oh yeah it's not even that good and that's a really bad one <laughs> um and then they they sold off uh, i think it's called growler which is like their tornado ride 
which you only really see at carnivals. So, okay, you can tell they really added some cheap carnival rides in that the sucks. past decade. Yeah, and that was their new ride. So. Yeah, I remember riding the Ferris wheel. I thought that was great. Like, oh, that's like, like that's one of their best rides. Oh. The uh, Sky Ride, like that's the kind of stuff you need there. Yeah, it gets you that kind of carnival feel to it, which is yeah. great. But I'm just I'm just glad they didn't get rid of any good rides because <laughs> they could have got rid of Steel Hog pretty fast, I think. Definitely. All right. So the uh, the second part of our show is kind of a fun luxury because we just launched this podcast and most podcasts did this part of the show back in December, January when they had the off season. But we're still in the off season in May, so we got a chance to catch up here. So what we did is the boys all sent their top 10 new for 2020 roller coasters to Brittany. Brittany, say hello. Hello. Brittany is our, the official data collector of Coaster Cuzzies. And we all sent our top 10 coasters and she basically scored them um, in a way to create a collaborative top 10. And the four of us have no idea who won. Um, we don't even really understand how it was scored. So, so she did briefly explain it, and I was, I was, I was lost. So, all right. So, I, I think she kind of explain how this is going to go down, how it was scored. Uh, I know she relates it to track. So, Brittany, go ahead and take it away. Well. If you're familiar with track, uh, the winner of the race would get 10 points, second place would get eight, third place would get six. And when you have different teams, they collaboratively, like they score up. And so it becomes like a, uh, whatever team wins. So like all the different events pull into a scoring system. So I took your guys' top 10 from your most anticipated to your least anticipated and scored them. And then I put all of them together to make an overall top 10. Okay, so how many points would number one get? Um, at most 40, because that'd be 10 points for first place. Okay, so like if an individual, like let's say Jeff put in his score and his top coaster was Iron Glossy, that would be how many points to the system? That'd be 10. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then second place would get how many? Eight. And then third is? Six. Oh, it goes down by two. Yeah. yeah. And then the last and two, how two, and then the last five are each worth. We just I just one went ahead and gave one. them one point. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they're in our in our bottom five. They don't get big points. They just kind of exist in the top ten. Yeah, yeah. I totally understand what happened. <laughs> so just understand that it, there's like a scoring equation behind it, and um, I think it I think it does really bring all of our coasters together and give kind of a fair score here. So, so what Thank we'll you, do, Brittany. Brittany will... Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so Brittany's going to just kind of tell us what 10 through 1 is, and we'll talk about uh, the scores here. And we're not going to talk about our individual top 10s. We'll be putting that in a blog post at coastercuzzies.com, so you can check it out there. But this is just the collaborative effort. So without further ado, Number 10. All right. Number 10 was a tie because Matt 
was the only one who picked these. <laughs> <laughs> and he picked Whirlwind and Primordial. Primordial? Yeah, at Lagoon. Primordial. What's, Whirl What's Whirlwind? <laughs> yeah, Whirlwind's, um, let me open up that. I'm going to open up that wiki again. I, I can tell you Pri Primordial is the new coaster at Lagoon that we know Whirlwind. Yeah, nothing about. Whirlwind's at Waldemere. I like yeah. that one. Oh, Whirlwind it's is an SPF yeah. spinning coaster. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like That's a spinning coaster, the IAPA coaster. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fun. Yeah, so, I mean, I think uh, I think when I picked it, I was like, you know, Waldemere, great park. Yeah. If they're going to add something, I have full faith in what they're going to add. It's definitely going to come in a top A two. wonderful kitty sure. coaster. So. Ooh. Yeah. I like Matt's comments there because now it made me think like that would be in my top 10 too. Mm. Yeah. So you guys were all wrong. Matt was right. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I win. So we have a tie for 10th. So one. No, it's just tie for 10th. So in ninth place is Aquaman. Okay. And the only people who voted for Aquaman were Theme Park Stud and Matt. They're, they're just bleh about it. All right. So. Theme Park Stud and Matt, well, defend your choice here for the oh, – why wow. is Aquaman in your top ten? And this is at Six Flags over Texas. Yeah. This is a Mac kind of shuttle coaster with a splashdown effect. Yeah. So. It's essentially like – I would probably categorize it as water ride, to be honest. Like, I don't think there's any illusion that it's anything more than that. And I think that's uh, – what, what made me pick it was that I was uh, – I think it's a definitely a unique – you have to, it, it launches you backwards. So I think that's by itself. And then the, the complexity of the ride, because when you, it launches you backwards, you go up and it's, and then you, and it's a shuttle, basically it's a shuttle, but right. then you come back down. But when you go up to the top and you're in like that kind of that zero G move, a pool, the pool at the bottom of it raises. Mm -hmm. So initially that I, I, what I thought was interesting about it was that the, the kind of the, the dance that that's supposedly going to take. So the pool raises and then that's when the splash happens. So I think it's a, it's an interesting technological feat to mm. have the ride up in that little, up in that, up in that hump just a little bit and then come down and, and that's enough time for the pool to fill. The to fill. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how it's going to turn out. And, you know, there's always um, good things and bad things, how water and rides kind of mix, but I think it was definitely an interesting it's an interesting concept and it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. Yeah. We'll say that is going to be a popular ride in the uh, Texas heat mm -hmm. and uh, much needed. And when, we, when you look at all of these rides, it's probably the most technologically like innovative. So, all right. I respect your choice. Our choice. Uh, you can have, Everyone's choice. you know, if, you, if uh, sorry, <laughs> theme park stud wants to say something about it, you know, I mean, my answer is pretty simple. I just like the big splash. So. Nice, <laughs> Aquaman. Plus, they're using the original. I saw in their their graphics thing. They're using the original Aquaman from DC Comics, and not using that you know the new uh, Justice League sort of uh, uh, look to him. So, I have no idea what that means, but that's pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch. I don't. I don't listen to comics. So, all right. No, no, no Jason Momoa, so to speak. Yeah, with the. Oh yeah, I'm all for that. Perfect. Uh, coming in at number eight, you all put down Texas Stingray. It all got, it was in your lower half, but you wow. all are ready for Texas Stingray. Okay, so Texas Stingray is the GCI out of Six Flags Fiesta, or nope, SeaWorld, San Antonio, my bad. 
But um, yeah, anybody want to take the lead on that GCI? I think it looks like it'll be a, you know, a fun little. Uh, it uh, it keeps low to the ground, maintains its momentum, greens through those turns pretty well. Um, I think my main concern with it is, unless I'm forgetting, I don't think SeaWorld has any experience with wooden roller coasters, so it'll be interesting to see how it ages. You're right. That's a good this point. Is, is this the first wooden coaster they've ever added? Because they don't have an operating coaster in their parks. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think everything's been steel to this point at all. There's. Wow. That makes sense. I didn't even think of that. No, but as far as it as a GCI, I will say it. It looks cool in that it, it it's kind of a swoopy GCI, which kind of relates to like Texas Stingrays how they swing. So it's kind of like a, like sometimes Bush Gardens and SeaWorld will do that where they kind of imitate an animal in their movements. Mm. Now it doesn't look like the 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 best GCI in the world, so I think that's why we all ranked it lower. Yeah. Are they list. using uh, Are they using the timber liners like the? Oh no, they don't use timber liners on GCI. Okay. So they use the Millennium Flyers. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Or PTC, but all, all the new ones come out with the, yeah. the Millennium Flyers. So. All right, number seven was Icebreaker with the person feeling the most strongly about this map. Oh yeah. So you got to lead it, Matt. What do you feel good about Icebreaker? Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. I, I made a note of this too. I think multi the multi-directional like coasters are coming are making a comeback a huge comeback. i looked at i looked at that 2020 list and i was like man about there's a there's a significant percentage of these coasters that are multi-directional which is really interesting i just i, I thought it was uh, you know it, matt just muted himself yeah it's hard to describe exactly <laughs> how i feel about that ride because it's when you know you watch a little bit you watch the clips and stuff of, of how it's supposed to move and I think it's just—I think it's just going to be a solid coaster. I think it's just—you know—it's it, definitely—it's not number one, but it's not number ten. And I think it's a good—it's—it's got—it's—it's got, it's, it's got great—some uh, great elements breaked into it, you know, uh, mixed into it. And I think it's going to be a solid ride. I will say, with that ride, it, it almost feels like an impulse coaster before it even starts. Like it's yeah. literally three launches and. Me, I personally don't like the multi-launch, but I understand, like, I think it breaks up the pacing, but it's also unique in that it's like, okay, that is like a ride before the actual ride. Yeah. <laughs> so. It almost seems like people, like they're, I don't know, I don't know what kind of vibe they're getting from people that go to amusement parks, they're getting this vibe and it's like, they need some like change of pace. But yeah, I think it's a solid, I definitely think it's a solid middle, middle ground, so to speak. I will say I was actually impressed with the layout after the launch too. Looks like there's actually some really good airtime hills while there's not any like crazy elements. Does look like it could just give a solid ride. And for its footprint, it's I mean it's solid. It's it's a good attraction for for SeaWorld Orlando. Yeah, I think it's interesting how many how many how many people how many rides on that list are SeaWorld. Like SeaWorld's really just really stepping up their their game in 2020. Minus laying no off idea why. staff. <laughs> but before Maybe. that, they were on a roll. <laughs> right, right. Compensating for something, I, I would imagine. No, they are on a trend right now to just spend on coasters. And I don't know if it's like a, a an image change they're going for there. Mm. 
but I do I do like the additions they've been putting in. I mean, it could very well be like more investment in their rides because they're losing their ability to produce a lot of the shows and the capacity oh, yeah. they have in the past. Can't be swimming, can't be jumping off of dolphins' noses anymore. You really can't. Twenty twenty. I my feelings about this ride. I I think it'd be a good introduction for younger riders into launch coasters because it doesn't seem too overwhelming as far like for what some some launch coasters can really do. But you know, as an adult rider, I I feel like it would benefit more from just being a straightforward launch, personally. Mm. But I don't know. It's it's an interesting element, and I I like the little buck they've got on either end for the while it's while it's getting the speed going. I also I I know I kind of contradicting myself here, but I don't mind the multi launch if it's like an issue of space, which is what this ride is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, pretty cool. I can. It's got a smaller footprint. Yeah. Yeah. In sixth place, there was a three way tie. Three way. Three. <laughs> um, but there, hey. but uh, that so. Your three-way tie is West Coast Racers, Candemonium, and Emperor. But Matt didn't put West Coast Racers or Emperor in his top ten. That was just the rest of you guys. But all of you I'll voted see. on Candemonium. Candemonium. Okay, so let's go in order here. Um, we're not going to do a tiebreaker here. It's just going to be these are these six-point rides, and there's three of them. But West Coast Racers was supposed to be a 2019 ride was delayed hilariously to like 2020 and it's kind of debatable because the, the media day was in 2019 but the actual opening day was in 2020 but um theme parks said i actually think you ranked this one pretty high nope just kidding i don't actually know who ranked this guy high who's excited for west coast racer i put it in fourth place on my list um it's pretty high I, yeah i think it's pretty i mean that's pretty high in my opinion I know it looks pretty cool. I, I love racers. That's one of the big, big reasons why I put on there. And I think just some of the elements that they have there and their versions on it and just um, them kind of dueling each other. I think it's going to be a pretty cool ride. So I want to ride it. That's all I'm going to say on it. So Nice. I will say the theming for a Six Flags coaster, pretty solid. Like I've seen that the queue line is set up pretty well and that sort of thing. Theme Park said is also the most excited for Emperor of the group. Ooh, Emperor. That's the dive coaster, SeaWorld uh, San Diego, mm -hmm. which is like the smallest dive coaster in the U.S., but that, that son of a bitch looks snappy for a dive coaster. Yeah, I mean, it, kind of the same thing as, uh, as West Coast Racers. I also love dive coasters, so um, mm -hmm. that's, that's probably the big reason why I put it on there. I mean, yeah, I think I think it looks a lot of fun. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot smaller. It's not gonna be compared to like, you know, like Val Raven or um, um, Sheik or anything like that. But I think it's gonna be fantastic. It's gonna be fun. I do like the uh, like corkscrew elements on that ride. Um, it's kind of something you don't see in dive coasters, and it's it's gonna be a quick ride. But I actually, it looks much more intense when you see it running in per like in real time than it does on like the animation that came out of it because the animation was real boring and slow mm. this looks like a really really fun ride if you luck into one of the outer seats oh yeah awesome but i have no experience with dive coasters yet so 
Nice. And then Candemodium was our other sixth place ride, which uh, the new B&M Hyper going in at Hershey Park with the new entrance and kind of a little like city walk area type place with bars and restaurants and that sort of thing. But the coaster itself, B&M, it's their second hyper they're putting in at uh, at Hershey Park with Skyrush. But looks like a solid layout, right? Yeah. I think it's uh, it's got great uh, it got a great elements. That first drop is brilliant. Um, it's I think it incorporates all the great things of a of a of a hyper like that. And I think it's it's a good thing to add at Hershey, man. I think Hershey's already a great park and adding more adding something like that's just going to enhance them what they already have especially like this is one pl- park that can get away with two hypers because their original hyper sky rush is insanely intense mm. so i do think like a little bit of a tamer bnm yeah. which is what it looks like nobody's wrote it yet so we don't know but it does look like it's going to be more of a crowd pleaser for the park yeah the povs are basically basically are pretty um are pretty like tame so i don't think it's i, I think you're going to get a lot more people on this ride than you would Especially with the being right at the entrance. Yeah. So your fifth place is a little bit skewed because so your fifth place is the RMC going in at South Dakota. (laughs) And only two of you voted for this, but Coaster Bro put this as third place (laughs) most excited for. Keep talking about this thing, man. Let's let's talk about it. So I just fucking love the wackiness of this, of like Bismarck, South Dakota, just a water park there, just randomly coming out and saying, uh, we'll take one of those uh, RMC Raptor clones that's been kind of sweeping the nation, and let's just go ahead and put it in South Dakota. It doesn't make any freaking sense, but I love that uh, it's within a, a, a day trip slash weekend trip for us. And it's my only reason to ever go to South Dakota. I want you to know when you search for that, uh, there's a question mark behind everything in those articles. You're like, South Dakota gets an RMC Raptor? What? (laughs) (laughs) Why do they want nobody? Nobody nobody expected South Dakota to get an RMC Raptor. It literally just came out of freaking nowhere. Nobody saw this on a rumor or anything. It just popped up. City hilarious. So it's one of my one of my actually top choices of 2020 because I I really think like with with the coronavirus and everything that's going on, like I don't think we're gonna go on a big trip, but we could make a run to a water park and ride an RMC. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, fourth place is Jersey Devil, with this being Coaster Bros' most anticipated ride of 2020. Yes. So I don't know if you guys got to see this, but it's like a big version of the random RMC that's going into South Dakota, but it kind of has a mix. So when you look at those RMCs and I haven't rode one of these RMC Raptor tracks, but people say it is insanely intense. Like the pacing is just like in your face element after element. And this slows it down a little bit, but it also kind of has a hyper coaster feel to it with good RMC elements that um, are like snappy and there's a little bit of hang time. So this is actually my most anticipated ride, like hands down. Um, I think it's actually a great collection for the park. 
they haven't seen a really good coaster added in 10 years. And I actually do think this will be better than El Toro, um, Nitro, Bizarro, all their coasters there. I think it's head and shoulders going to be their best ride. And I do think it'll be the best ride of 2020. Yeah, I think it's got solid theming too. Like those trains are oh, the trains, you're right. Sure. They got like a devil in front. Yeah. They're and like that track badass. though, like that track is like when you're going up that that first lift and it's scary, dude. That little that little you got that little beam <laughs> there and you're like, Oh god. The POV yeah. doesn't even show I a, love a that. staircase anywhere. Exactly, yeah. dude. You're like, What the hell? What the what am I gonna do, dude? I like that though. It's like real it's it's real intense. I think that's gonna be a that's gonna be a great one for sure. We're confident this thing's going all the way up. Right? There's there's no rollbacks here, folks. <laughs> you're just gonna <laughs> fucking go. All right, but that's my most excited. Coming in at third place is Orion. And Ooh. three of you are pretty excited for this ride. Coaster Bro is not, but <laughs> there you go. I'll start with why I'm not excited about it, and then you guys can talk about why you love it. But yeah, um, it's kind of funny. The enthusiasts are joking. It's like this isn't even a giga coaster because it's not 300 feet tall. But the drop is 300 feet, so it's, it's kind of funky. I do say it's still a Giga coaster, but when I was making my rankings, I was looking at like how I ranked my Giga coasters, and Fury is my number one coaster. Every other Giga, I rank a lot of hypers in front of. Like Leviathan's okay, mm-hmm. um, Millennium Force is boring. Like I 305, uh, so I just like. I, I have a feeling, and I don't want this to be true, but I just have a feeling it's going to be one of those lackluster B&Ms that kind of falls, you know, mid-range giga, which sounds picky as shit, mm-hmm. and it is, but I'm just not too excited about it as I, sh- as, as I should be. That's You guys love it. It's I, That first drop reminds me a lot of Fury. Um it's got a lot of really neat elements where you're pretty much on your side or near upside down in the air, mm-hmm. like way up. Um, I'd say my main gripe with it is it's got a lot of momentum going into those final breaks. Like they could have made a lot better use. I mean, I'm sure it's a space thing, but hmm. I feel well, they like, had a lot of space, honestly. Yeah, I feel like they're coming in real hot there to be just saying, okay, that's it. I think they just kind of cut corners on how big they wanted to make it. Yeah. I think they just wanted a giga and then they were just like, uh, we wanted to be kind of cheap too. <laughs> yeah. Cheap you can make a giga, but I don't know. I feel like I'm being nitpicky. I, I want it to be it, awesome. Yeah. I think it's fair. Um, you know, you want to watch the POV. I think it's, I think, you know, it could be, it, it, it could turn out to be like, a run of a mill kind of giga coaster i think my my unique experience with giga coasters is that i've never ridden one um i'm too i'm oh. I, I think a textbook is uh i think uh, i can reveal that i'm i'm a i'm a fatty and i just can't fit in any of them I Bro, it's ride. the restraint it's the restraints fault. yeah i couldn't fit in fury i couldn't fit in millennium <laughs> um so i just uh i think um when i look at this one i'm like it's definitely just something something to work for i think it's a it's a definitely unique coaster it's gonna and, and it could be it could be just like that kind of like that millennium sort of a clone to it but i think there's a lot of elements there that they're 
they're capitalizing on that speed and i think that's what uh what they're what they're going to move for so i think that's uh that's why i put it in the top three because watching i was like yeah man i want to ride this for sure yeah I, mean, I put it up there because I think it just kind of completes the the whole park of Keynes Island. So I think just adding that coaster and it just gives me another reason to go back to that park, even though I've been to it two times already. You know, might as well throw it in there and some other rides, some other ones I've been on. And it just makes it even better, especially the ride they got rid of to put it there. So. Oh my God, Firehawk was not great. Yes. Kings Island no longer sucks. <laughs> Yo, theme park said. No longer sucks. Remember when we got our last ride on that and we didn't know it was going to be the last ride, but yeah, we got stuck got in the flying position on our back uh, in the yeah. station? That was, my first time ever on, that was my first time on Firehawk because I was just yeah. trying to get the credit. And you were like, I'll ride it with you. Why not? And then we got, they, they put us in the prone position and then they, we like went like two feet and then it shut down. We were, we were in that position for like 10 minutes. It was not yeah. comfortable. So I will take a giga coaster any day over that. <laughs> it's hard it's hard to put a flying coaster in like your your top coasters because you're like eh, i mean yeah, take it or leave it you know right it's, like, them are great. it's a gag execution is terrible yeah <laughs> all right in second place is theme park studs most anticipated ride of 2020 iron guazi iron guazi dude i liked it too yeah, hey, you guys, you guys take the lead on this one because I'm not excited about it. It's in everyone's top two except Coaster Bros. It sounds like the rest of us. Sounds like the rest of us really know our our roller coasters for 2020. On like Coaster Bros, Coaster Bros on this whole other path that we are, we're lined up pretty well. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I mean, I, I kind Coaster of. Bro, are you thinking this is like a? Sorry. Ebox, <laughs> so what you got? Uh, I look at it this way, like, I'm just thinking, okay, what are good additions to the parks? Like, not just the ride itself. So I might be looking at it a little bit different than other people are. I mean, that park is already lined up with amazing roller coasters. And just, you know, they, Gwazi was there, you know, it was a wooden coaster, terrible idea in the central Florida climate. Um, just got beat to shit. And now they're going to redo it, the RMC makeover, which, you know, for the most part, they, they're usually pretty good. Um, when they make them over, and I think it's going to be a good addition to the park and just another credit to that park. I'd, I'd really like a formal POV of it at some point, um, and I, I have a feeling what is uh, sinking Coaster Bros' thoughts on it is probably Steve, uh, and I'm probably going to get black for calling at that. No, that's, that's what you're good. Uh, yeah, it, go ahead, Matt. I'll save my video. Yeah, no, I was I was actually going to ask if you thought this was like a Steel Vengeance clone. With its size, it's probably going to be extremely intense knowing, like, use Outlaw Run as an example. It's not that tall, but it still packs a pretty serious punch. I can, like, I haven't ridden Steel Vengeance yet, but uh, based on Coaster Bros' uh, sentiments towards it, like, I'm... I couldn't put it at number one for first of all because I don't know what the actual layout is, and I'm also hesitant to know just like how intense it is because as we start, we're getting older, these rides bang us around a little more. It, it hurts, uh, so I'm I'm interested to see, but it's I'm I'm looking forward to at least giving it a shot. All right, it's my turn. Okay, yeah, so, I would weigh in, bro. 
so here's my thing with with Anguazi, and the thing I, I don't like about Steel Vengeance, and I do rank Steel Vengeance as my 50th coaster, which coaster boys out there are probably turning the show off, whatever. But it's it's too intense, and there are no good elements in it. Like there is no, there's nothing about that ride when you get off it, you're like, oh, that Zero's G stall was awesome. No, because every inversion is a roll, and it's just like the only good part is like when you're going in through the structure, and it's just like visuals. Now, you can say that there's insane airtime, and there is, but there's too much. Like, halfway through that ride, I'm wanting to get off of it. I'm just like, when's it going to hit the brake run? And I do worry that this is going to fall in that same category for me. So I do, when I like my RMCs, I like them. I like them to be intense, but I don't like them to be long. Like my favorite RMC is Goliath at uh, Six Flags Great America. I just think there's good elements on it. There's good pacing. It's fun. This is going to be too long, and I'm, I just – I don't anticipate this being in my top 50. It might sneak in, but um, I, I just have, have a lot of reservations about it. So, but I'm glad you guys are excited and I want it to be good. I do, but we do have a number one to, to crown here. Your number one, Matt and Jeff's most anticipated ride, but the ride that made everybody's top three, Pandemonium. Pandemonium? Pantheon. Pantheon. Oh, my bad. <laughs> the spinning coaster at Six Flags Over Texas. Oh. <laughs> no, it's okay. Oh, Pantheon. Oh, my I'm God. I'm super psyched for this one. To, to me, this screams dream coaster. This feels like something that shouldn't exist. Like somebody just like had a dream and then they plopped it on a piece of paper and they're like, let's make it. Oh, yeah. Uh, like that intentional rollback for more speed. Uh, as it goes through the launch uh, and then coming right back to get back over that hump, uh, the massive outer bank turn. Um, I, I think as awesome as it looks, I, I do have one gripe similar to Orion. It looks like it has a massive amount of momentum coming into the brakes where they could make a little more use of it before finishing the ride. But what it does accomplish before those brakes, just I'm, I'm pretty, pretty freaking psyched to give it a go. Yeah, it looks freaking amazing. So one thing I do like about Premiere is they're starting to steal like some of the good elements from RMC, like the ZRG stall, and they, they do have one of those in here. And usually I gripe about that that mid-ride, like forward-backwards launch, but this one actually uses it well in that it's like, oh, I'm going to go up this hill. Oh, no, we're going backwards. Like, that's going to – like, if you don't know that's coming, like, people are going to freak out. And like, there's like a technological thing there too, where the, the track switches. Like once you go over it and you go up that hill and you don't quite make it and then you go backwards, like the track literally rolls over into you going up the spike. So it's like, I don't know, man. It just, it looks, it looks like they've yeah, nailed it. It's an interesting seamless transition where you're like, if you were, I mean, if the POV for it, or even if you were riding it, I would guess like you wouldn't even know. Like, mm-hmm. you would be like, oh, man, where did this come from? You kind of see it when you pass that first turn um, to where, where, you, where you're going. But, yeah, I think it's I think it's just solid. Adding to a park that's historically had some fantastic rides. I think Williamsburg is uh, – it's just a great park. So, adding that ride to it is just going to add a lot of flair to it, mm-hmm. which is awesome. This looks badass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> They've got the, like the extended upside down on it too. So you're mm-hmm. like, it's like a, it's a loop. I always kind of like those um, where it's like, yeah, we're going to keep you upside down for longer than you're probably comfortable with, but yeah, it's cool. It's man. like an upside down airtime yell, man. It's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, that's our, that's our top 10 coasters. So just to review, I guess we said whirlwind the SBF spinner and primordial at lagoon number 10 number nine aquaman number eight texas stingray seven icebreaker six the three-way tie of west coast racers candemonium emperor uh number five was the <laughs> the random rmc in south dakota four jersey devil three orion two iron quasi and one pantheon and if you want to see what our individual top coasters were, go check out coastercuzzies.com. There'll be a blog post up that uh, will t- kind of display all of our top coasters. So, all right. Well, that's the end of our show for today. Um, but before we do take off, make sure you guys check us out on social media, Coaster Cuzzies. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. And uh, we also have a website, coastercuzzies.com. So check that out. And you can also find our show there um, as well as wherever you found it today. All right. Well, that's it, everybody. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for having us, man. Well, thanks for joining us today. Stay fly, America. You know what to do.